you guys yeah. since I was this big. Yeah, and you've gotten a lot bigger. Look at these muscles now. Damn, I'm proud of you. Yeah, well, you know. When I've... I first met you, you were just like this skinny little thing. Not sure if you could even lift one of the weights. Well, I, I've been doing some push-ups. Uh, I've been, you know, getting my Rocky on in the, uh, <laughs> in the gym here. And, okay, and the I'm biggest thing is honestly, now that I've started talking to girls, it's been more of a priority <laughs> to... That's the incentive. That's the, that's the, the and core incentive. To how's honest. it going? How's it going for you? I do all right. Yeah. I, I, I get out there, you know. I, I do my best. Put yourself out there. I, I put myself out there. Okay. There's, there's some, you know, apps for that, so they say. <laughs> all right, make um, it easier. Farmers only. You know, Christian mingle. <laughs> okay, all right. You're gonna get us into trouble here. <laughs> sure. And of course, Me? you know, since trouble? you've been working out doing all this girl stuff, the shooting is kind of like diminished. I mean, right? but I've noticed you. I've. Oh. Oh. Too bad. I'm like in the middle here. So anyway, for those of you who don't know, Bethany is uh, is obviously our close friend, but is a pro tennis player, uh, number one doubles player in the world. Uh, she's an Olympic gold medalist, done an enormous amount of stuff, been playing tennis since she was a kid. We're actually going to bring up some of those things and we can talk about some of the mindset behind it because there are a lot of common things between our sport, the shooting sport, um, and obviously what Bethany yeah. does. Yeah. Um, 27 titles, there we go. eight grand slams between doubles and mixed doubles. Yep. I'm amazed Pretty. you even know that. that damn. You know, you're All not right. waking up at the three in the morning, but that's, that's impressive. I'm, uh, impressive. I'm going to say this right now on camera, on the podcast. That you are probably my biggest. Fo- you have watched every single match I think that I've played, whether I've been in Tokyo, Australia, Hong Kong, Europe. Didn't matter. You were waking up, and I was getting a text from you at two a.m. So from the bottom of my heart, I really uh, appreciate that because it's it's hard to keep up with me. He's like it the is. traveling dad that that goes to all of like the soccer games and and so forth. I appreciate Basically, it yeah. though. I mean, it's you've always like paid attention to the match, and you we've had some good conversations afterwards too. After l- sure losses. And wins and I too. I don't tell you how you should be playing there. Well, at least for tennis, it's about 
routine and pattern. And this is what we practice. There's not, I want to kind of say the match is different, but it's not. I'm not going to have, and I'm not going to serve differently. I'm not going to hit my ground strokes differently in practice than I am in a match. So getting ready on my match days, you still will have that extra adrenaline. And I know that, like, I'm not a big caffeine person. I have plenty of natural energy. So I just do my regular breakfast routine, depending on what time during the day or night matches I'm playing. Mostly for me getting ready is about my food. Like, where am I going to eat where I'm not going to be stuffed when I go on the court or lose energy in the middle of the match? Once I got that down, um, I actually like to calm down before I go in the matches. I know a lot of people, you see these sports videos where everyone's getting amped, everyone's got this pump-up music, Rocky going out there. You'd be surprised to know that a lot of times I'm maybe listening to Enya or something really calming um, because... I actually want to be, I want to be energized and alert, but I want to be calm. Because sometimes when you're rushing and trying too hard and trying to be fast, you're actually slower. And most of the time you're going to make a mistake. I mean, am I, I feel like that can go across a lot of different platforms, not just tennis. And I'm really hoping my son is listening to this because (laughs) when we travel to matches, we don't say one word to each other on the drive out from the hotel to the range because he's got his headset on and he's bouncing around the chair next to me (laughs) in the car. But it's different people, right? It's different. It's different. I will say that. So like for me, I take like pre-workout, like before. Every single say, I swear to God, I wish I was joking about that, or I not. I don't wish I was joking because it works. Like yeah. honestly, like it changes the my, my focus. Like I'm, I feel like I'm able to see things, ha- see more things see more happening. Colors. No, I swear to God, I swear to God. I think if that's I, one of the side effects, actually. I hope so. I hope so because it, it works. Because if I don't, I like instantly know, and I feel like I'm not a hundred percent. But I think everyone needs to find their pre pre-match routine and stick to that. Right. Like for me, it is different songs. Let's say I'm playing at night and I'm starting to get a little bit tired. I have a 10 PM match. That's when I'll play something where I want to get a little amped. Cause up, that's yeah. usually when I'm going to be falling asleep. Yeah. So I think like if we back up a couple more steps, it's really getting to know yourself at mm-hmm. the end of the day, you have to know when you're nervous, you have to know when you're excited, you know, when you're disappointed, when you miss, you know, you're pumped when you hit a winner, like all these different emotions. It doesn't matter what they are. As long as you are aware, of them and can use them to get your result that's that's going to be the way and that's why everyone it can be different for every single person yeah now you know when i was uh, a little younger than i am now before i had all this <laughs> you're gray a hair, young buck <laughs> you've had gray hair for a while though let's, i have since yeah. i started dating by the way. That's, that was the yeah. oh is that the correlation i used to really doing? struggle with keeping my my i don't want to say my temper because it wasn't really temper but just keeping my emotions and my mood under control um, you know, the, in our game, it's like, you know, you have a, you get ticked off about something, then you walk back and you'll throw your magazine down or you had a miss on a target or something to that effect. But you've had to deal with some of the things like that. I mean, in tennis, it's it, the, 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 you know, outburst, McEnroe and, and uh, Serena and those things where they, where they were not happy about something and they just blew up. And a lot of times I wonder whether it's not a strategy for them. Now, now you used to be a lot more out, like, how can I put it without like, where I would, I would sh- express more emotion on the court, sure. more negative emotion on the right. court. Okay, right. I'll agree with and that. And now you've, you've the, over the last few years, you've put a lot of work into controlling that emotion. Talk a little bit about that. So I, I don't like the word controlling your emotion because okay. I feel like that's we're kind of putting it Limiting down it. somewhere we're li- and we're not using it. If there is negative emotion, it needs to come up. It needs to be addressed. Ideally, you want to do that in practice or you want to reevaluate after a match. Hey, I noticed that this emotion came up. What am I really pissed at? Okay, missing a shot. What am I, what, what I miss shots all the time. Why am I really pissed at that? So I do this, I, my process is asking myself questions to dig deeper and deeper until I kind of get to where I was just, the bottom might be, 
I just want everyone to love me and think I'm the greatest. And it's it's a far stretch from, man, I was pissed I missed that shot. Mm-hmm. But once you can kind of deal with those deeper, it's like peeling an onion. Once you can deal with those deeper layers, you'll notice that those kind of uncontrolled emotions come out less and less in matches. But if they're coming out right now, I don't like telling people to say, hey, ignore them or, hey, push them to the side because they will always be there until you address them. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard. It's yeah. Hard. I, it's tough. It, it, but I think once you and I know you say it's hard, but once you start doing it and once you see the benefit of digging deeper, you will be empowered. You, you will notice you, how Bethany changes that. What she's saying is I'm full of shit and I've got to stop thinking that way. I've got to think this way. I don't, see, that's the difference here is that, you know, you, you as a professional, but I do else, listen. If I do it was listen. anyone else that was like, yeah, you're being full of shit, yeah. then, and then, I would listen. then you'll be like, fuck But you. Bethany tells me that. Actually, I've had other people tell me that because you'll text me stuff and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do it this way. And other people are like, and he does the same thing. Yeah, World shoot. World championships in France. He was blowing up a stage. He made a mistake and it wasn't a big deal. And I kept saying, dude, get it under control. You've got three more stages to shoot. And he just melted. And then another guy, Bill Drummond, comes walking up to him and says exactly what I just said. And Chris oh, was, I was like, so pissed. oh, yeah, okay, I, no, I'll I was do so it. Like, yeah, I wasn't... But, but you were listening and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I, was, I was more, I think, listening like out of, out of respect. It was not, not that I don't respect you. It was more listening like... <laughs> It's more listening, like okay, I'll I'll listen to what you say, but I'm I'm not gonna actually listen. Hey, you're 21 now. I don't pay any of your fees and expenses oh, anymore. Man. You know how that works, right? I want I want to talk to you about something else that you also had a have had a huge impact on me. Is that when you're playing, you're never out of a game, never out of a match. You no. you can be five one, five love down in a set, and in your mind, you're like. And I remember you've actually told me this multiple times, and you've developed a reputation on the on the tour of being somebody that. I mean, if I was playing against you, I would study all those things because it didn't matter how close I was to beating you, I would know that there's a chance you're going to come back against me yep. because that's a substantial chance. Yep. And I remember you telling me one day, like, all I've got to do is win the next point, then win the next game, and then maybe one more game, and then the doubt starts creeping in. And in sport, we often talk about teams that can't close it out or mm-hmm. a player that can't close it out. They're up. You know, they've, all they've got to do is get the last couple of shots, maybe in golf or whatever. I forget who's, which player it was now. In fact, I think it was a South African player that like four or five putted in the Masters yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. a number of years ago. Remember that? Yeah. And yep. all of that is just basically being able to control your emotion. Yep. Now, you talk about it because you're never out of the game, right? You're yep. always... How, does you, how do you kind of remem- remind yourself of that? Or what do you, how, do you, how do you stay focused yeah. in those moments where there's like... Knowing that... No help almost. You know? Well, I think at this point in my career, I recognize what's helping me and what's not. This this angry, negative emotion, it's it's taking me away from what I actually want to do. So it's easy. It's easy yeah. for me. Right. <laughs> it's easy for me to stay focused on what's necessary to win. Is it 100% guaranteed that I'm going to come back and win? No, but I'm giving myself the best chance. It's And I, I feel like it's kind of picking the phrases and words that work for you. So if all it takes for you to kind of get out of that funk is to say, hey, I'm going to put myself in the best position possible to succeed in this moment. And you, you take a little of that angry emotion out and you're like, all right, well, that's I can do that. You make it you make it doable. You don't say, hey, I got to win, because a lot of times when you talk about teams or players that can't close it out, they're so close and they can't quite close it out. They've kind of taken their eye off what they're doing and they're looking at the at the end. Now to go on the other side for the team that's behind. Mm-hmm. They're just thinking, I got to just make one more basket. I Man, I'm down by 10. OK, this three point. What am I doing? They're zoning a little bit more in the moment. So now the momentum, let's say they come back and let's say it's even. I talk a lot about this even game when it's in tennis. And that's where the momentum is 
no matter what, I've seen more people. Let's say you were down 5-0, it's 5-all. This is the game where I've seen that person on the comeback trail all of a sudden say, well, now I got to win one more game. Before he was just kind of, or she just was just saying, like, point. fight yep. for this point. Yep. I'm going to do it this way. And now all of a sudden, the only difference, there was no game change. There mm-hmm. was nobody's making different shots. I'm not talking about any of that. Skill levels were, have been exactly the same. Talk about that in a second, it's a, it's a, It's just an emotional yep. and a mental shift right there. And that's all it is. And the person that knows themselves better and their emotions better will have a higher chance of succeeding out of that position. Well, and it's funny because I remember I was when I was at watching one of your games and you were literally had one more point to win the match. And I was like, come on, be one more point. And Bethany or Justin said like, no, 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 like don't, she doesn't care. She's not listening to you anyways. But Every once in a while I've heard that and I'm like, this yeah, guy like yeah, saying yeah. that. Yeah, because I mean, exactly what you were saying. And I think like, it's interesting because even though we're talking about sport right now, like that translates very easily to all other aspects of life. Yes. Like there's there's so many times like in life where it feels like we're down, there feels like there's, you know, no hope to get to that winning, to get to that success point. But putting that into your mind does not do anything to help you. You have to change your mindset in you order to- You overwhelm yourself. Like yeah. just think of something, let's say there's this huge project that you want and you're overwhelmed because you haven't studied at all. You haven't even started. Now go into the process of breaking down Yeah. some- things that you got to do bit, minutes, bit by bit. Yeah, 20 minutes. Okay, I'm going to do this part. One and then page. pretty soon you look back and you're like, damn, I'm halfway there. Yeah. And that's kind of the process. Obviously, you want to see in the future. You want to have an idea where you're going. Yeah. But the path there, listen, everyone wants to know the path to success. I'm here to tell you there's a 100. Mm-hmm. It's just you figuring out what your way is. Yeah. And it's knowing yourself. It's not, you might be inspired by something I say or what your dad says. It might hit you in a different way. But at the end of the day, it comes down to you. How real you can make that emotion. Here, I'll give you guys a little trick. So something that I do, um, you guys have heard of affirmations, right? You've mm-hmm. heard a lot of talk, people talking about, hey, I'm going to look in the mirror. I am great. I am powerful. I'm a champion. I'm a winner. Okay, that's great. I don't view it as a hype mechanism. I view it as being really honest with myself. So let's say something like this, like, hey, I'm, you know, I have blonde hair. See, there's no resistance to that. I don't, I I will not disagree with you. There's no disagreements coming out from inside. Now, let me say uh, I can beat Serena Williams. Ooh, now notice what is there. Yeah, it's possible, but or th- there's something that gets in the way. Mm-hmm. You can do this with a multitude of questions. I'm, I'm a winner. I'm a champion. I can finish this. So I, I fall am. asleep. I am. I am because you'll, but, but here's the key. Listen to what your reaction is. That's yeah. gonna, That's the truth. We can yeah. justify anything. We can yeah. just, because as adults, we've learned to be like, hey, we should be positive. This is the right thing to say, but we don't really feel it. Right. So how you work on that is going through things like that, affirmations and noticing where you are, not in a judging way, just in an honest, hey, right. I'm not what, maybe I'm a winner. Maybe that's, I can't look myself in the mirror and think that right now. Okay, what, but find your truth. What do you think? You know what, I, um, and be honest with yourself. Yeah, and be so, honest. So is there a point where, like, say you have a list of all these affirmations that, like, you want? So, like, you know, I am positive or I am happy or, you know, I am debt-free. I am all these things. And even when you start saying them at the beginning, they might feel like in your in your heart, you're like, eh, yeah, but maybe. Do you feel like the only way to really get through that is to keep saying it, keep pushing through it, and, and eventually no. that will become true? Or nope. do you, is nope. there? So don't keep okay. pushing through. This is where okay. you have to listen to what, this is where people get frustrated because mm. they're like, damn, I wrote all these things down, I'm positive, yeah. and, they're, and they get frustrated. Mm-hmm. So when you say I'm debt free, how do you feel about that? Like, hey, look at me. Can, can you win a gold medal? Can I? Yeah. 
Okay, so so see, yeah. I I simply look for that reaction mm -hmm. where this there's a moment of hesitation. That's yeah. it. Mm -hmm. um, are you shooting as well as the top players in the country right now? No. Okay, you answered that. And say, are you shooting best in the state right now? No. Okay. No, I can beat right. Him right now. All right. No. Well, that's no. uh, that's fine. But but no, I'm, I'm just with saying you. with anything. Yeah. Bring it down till yeah. you finally found find your truth and you start from there because okay. you don't want to keep imprinting this feeling of, of lack. If you're just saying, hey, I'm debt free and you're not, something inside is going to be like, I disagree with that. Even though I know that's what I want, I'm not feeling that. So but what if do you, you're bringing so what, it down to a point where you are, how do you get to that next level? Because then that's how you see more opportunities from there. So like, let's let's take it down that's, that we're saying... Uh, I'm not in debt. Let's say I have the ability to make more money if I take another job on. I can find another job that I would enjoy doing and make money doing it. Ooh, no, I feel a little bit better about that. Mm -hmm. All right. So it's about kind of building this path to get debt free. Mm -hmm. And we're using this as the example yeah. um, that you'll find because we won't find it fighting ourselves. Yeah. And, and I'm just trying to make it easier for everybody that yeah, that's how sure. you can find it and it works with everybody with anything that you want it's just about connecting with that feeling inside because we ignore that a lot we ignore mm -hmm. this gut instinct and the, we only realize relationships and all this stuff when there's so many red flags we can't mm -hmm. deal with it so yeah. i'm talking about let's let's learn to listen to that voice in a little subtler way and you can get everything that you want I know also with you, when you bring up, when you brought up so many red flags, you've always managed your life really well. You don't take on things that you feel like, okay, that's not going to help me. So I'm just going to exclude that. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about tonight, because I see it all the time, especially now that I'm involved in USPSA, the shooting organization as an administrator is dealing with negative social media, negative stuff. You know, I don't care who you are, what athlete you can be, you can be LeBron James and be probably one of the greatest basketball players ever. And he's still got people, you know, beating up on him and saying, yep. you can't do oh, on a daily basis. How, how do yep. you deal with that? I know that Justin also doesn't, well, I remember him saying that he doesn't show you a lot of the stuff, but I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised at all if, if you were strong enough himself to actually deal. How do you kind of like, do you, do you just ignore it or do you just respond or not respond or? I mean, I think if I were to say that <laughs> negative comments towards me don't, like I hear them and I don't like them. And I, if I said I was just an iron wall, I'd be lying because right. it's like nobody it does, wants, I'm like, I'm this feel good person. I want to give you compliments and have compliments right. and I want everyone. I mean, generally I want everyone to like me, right. you know, I'm not right. here to fight with anyone or even though I can be competitive and things like that, like it's all like we're, yeah. we, we can be friends, but I think it's about who you kind of surround yourself with a lot. The, yeah, the like people that. you spend the most time with are right. who are going to have the most effect on your yep. mentality, your attitude. Um, I think I think it was Tony Robbins who said it was the I think it's the five yeah, people. Five people yeah, that yeah, is kind of who you yeah, are and how you, you feel about yourself. You actually had that on yourself, your Instagram so. today. I think I think I saw that on your Instagram at better. At B Maddox Sands. At Maddox Sands. Maddox there Sands. we go. <laughs> it used to be at B Maddox. I know, I switched it. And you changed it. And they're all, now they're all the me. same. That was me. I know. We did. I was like, we got to get your branding in line. I, think so. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I'm do, it's coming along. I have along, a shirt right? that says at B Maddox. It's my, one it's of my vintage. most comfortable shirts. It is. I'm making really more. Is. So You know, we talk about being competitive, and I want to I wanna like mention something else. So years ago, I used to be a pretty good squash player, right? I used to play the squashes like racquetball i guess you could say and so me with my big freaking mouth and one night we were at, out at dinner and i said to bethany hey you want to play me a squash one day she's like sure how does that work and i was like well haven't you played before she says yeah i think i played it once before so i'm thinking solid I got, I got this right oh my gosh first set i kind of i think i got like seven or eight or ten points 
And then Bethany started coming back. And I could literally see her on the court figuring out and analyzing yeah. all the strokes and where the bounce was coming from and everything. Second set was about even. And after that, I may as well have packed up and gone home. <laughs> and by set seven, I'm so tired. I'm like dragging around. I'm not winning a point. And she's saying to me, okay, I'll give you 18. If you don't know, squash plays to 21. She says, I'll give you 18 <laughs> points head start. No, that was the last. I was like, Layton, come on. I was like, you can't say no. I'll give you an 18-point lead. And we're playing up yeah. to 21. And you know what the final score was? And you was? took it. Right. Wasn't it, it was... 21-19? 21-18? No, I never beat you. <laughs> I no, you beat I won. Me. Yeah, that's right. I think I won one point. She won 21. <laughs> and and why I mention that is because... Have you played squash since? Nope. I stopped to quit that day, put my racket away, and done. No, I still played since. <laughs> but so what, I, what I actually want to bring up is that... It, and, and this is something that we allude to in dog training a lot. Is that it doesn't really matter if we're talking about shooting or dog training or tennis or golf or any of the sports that we talk about. It's the approach. And Bethany is a is somebody who spent her life fighting. I mean, you started playing pro tennis at 14, if I remember correctly, yep, right? Yep. And at 14, it's not like you've got a bunch of people willing you on and saying, yeah, I mean, I would imagine that you were this precocious little blonde 14-year-old. <laughs> I've actually seen pictures of you at 14. But, <laughs> but you know, um, and, and so it's about that drive, isn't it? It's yeah. about, you know, making sure no matter what you play. I mean, there was no way you were going to lose to me that day. It didn't matter what no, you had to do on that court. No, definitely. I, mean, I remember hitting a drop shot into the corner, which... When I played you stopped league playing. Squash, you thought you were yeah. a winner. Because no, I was I riding on that. Squash, like... I knew that shot was a dead winner. It was like nobody ever shot hit that back. And I hit it and I stopped playing. And Bethany is like this little freaking fireball off to the front of the court. <laughs> and she gets it back and I'm like, are you kidding me? How did you even get there? Anyway, the, the point of this, Can't and, stop. And, and it, it leads me into what I was going to, uh, what I want to really get to as well, is that you have this philosophy that I have a hard time that I really struggle with, even to this day where you know we shoot a lot of competitions we shoot local matches then we go to national matches and then we shoot world championships when you go to world championships you've got all this pomp and ceremony and it blows you up and it's exciting and then you get to that first stage and basically you crash because the adrenaline is so high yeah. and I remember you once saying to me it doesn't matter what point you're playing it could be the first point of a match at a local tournament or it can be playing in the grand slam and that brings me to one friday night when i saw you play serena williams in new york at the at the u.s open that night was about pomp and it had been blown up all week about the two of you playing together or playing against each other. I mean, how did you, how did you balance? Did you still follow that same routine in your mind with 18,000 <laughs> screaming people? And no offense to you, but there were like 17,500 screaming for Serena. Yeah, and the little true. 500 of us in the back corner, you know, we're like, have like, dude, seriously, she's American as well. Like, where's the love here? That's so but it's because it was New York and New York. Yep. Fans are brutal sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you approach it the same way? Did you do you still feel that was the same as any other match? Yeah, yeah I, here's the thing. It's not the same because every match is different, and that's okay. I've learned to love the chaos <coughs> a little bit. Like, that's how I've learned to play my game. I love the chaos. Like, I don't want everything in perfect squares and okay. perfect order because it never happens that way anyways i love playing in, fr in front of crowds i love a stadium and in my mind i can say even if they're not cheering for me i'm really pumped that people are this pumped to be watching a tennis match so i can turn i can turn anything and that's where i want to go back to kind of the power of our thoughts and getting mm -hmm. to know our own emotions we can turn anything the way we want it to so in my mind even though because we'll play fed cup matches team usa versus team check i'm telling you like 
four people are cheering for you in that fan in that yeah. stadium yeah. and everyone else is completely against you but it's like to me it's amazing that people care this much that they want to pay money to come watch some entertainment to come watch us play tennis and that's that's cool to me and okay yeah. they're I, they're cheering for one of my friends sometimes what are your best friends sometimes there's more pressure that when yeah. you have the whole stadium now you have the hometown pressure like yeah. it goes it's both ways everyone can think of it differently some people like to be the underdog i know yeah. some basketball players have talked about this in the nba where they've they've gone on away games and kind of like it that the the crowd crowd razzes them up it, it fires them up a little bit it's like baseball players talking about if they get hit by a pitch they're pissed and they play better so yeah. there's all these emotions that if you can recognize them and use them like it it will help you get to what you want. So it does. You can't expect. I want the crowd to be for me. I want the sun to be over here. I need it to not rain. I got to play at one oh, p.m. Yep. Like, cause then you're just you're never gonna be so happy. So we have weather in our sport, right? Yeah, I do too. Oh my gosh. Well, we we prefer like when the we weather like is that. like when it's rainy and pouring or when it's super super hot and everyone else is complaining because we're like, all right, if you're complaining automatically you're already behind yeah i yeah. complain with them i'm like oh it's terrible the conditions are awful <laughs> you know play it up Put the i see you doing on. that but i yeah. no, that's and, i appreciate I that, that. Yeah. that's that's we all, part we of all it. talk about that in florida because when we go play, shoot the nationals in florida it's often during the hurricane season we've literally shot a match the nationals in a hurricane in a hurricane we call it the hurricane nationals <laughs> so um, but we've we've all studied the the works of Lenny Basham, Lenny Basham. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. who's a professional bullseye shooter, and he has a ton of content about like preparation. So, and mindset so you tell us about Lenny because you focus. Well, I met him. Yeah, yeah. You trained with him. Worked with him. I trained with him. Met with him. Um, amazing guy. You got to look up his stats. Like what he's achieved in his sport is really incredible. Uh, amazing. And um, you know, I think the biggest thing that he taught me was he's big on journaling. Okay, yeah. so he's big on evaluating yourself after a practice, after a match, but not in the way you think. He wants you to discuss what you thought you did really well. And then just what you wanna work on next time. So many times I see athletes and I should say people, younger players, I'll take tennis as an example, where they're just kind of beating on the mistakes they've made. I shouldn't have missed that. I need to do that instead. I like to kind of focus on what you did really well. Because again, if we go back to our mindset, what do we wanna repeat? We wanna repeat the really good shots. Okay, so we gotta focus on the really good shots because if we are what we think and we're thinking about mistakes, what are we gonna do? We're gonna make mistakes. So that's one thing Lanny really helped me with was focusing on what I can do in the moment and focusing on repeating the visualization of all my good shots. That's what, and I'll even stop in the middle of my practices right now and, it, and stop to visualize the shot I just made. Let's say I hit the perfect backhand down the line. I'll literally stop and I'll visualize it again and I'll recreate that feeling because that's what I want to create. This isn't about, damn, I missed 10. I got to hit like 27 more. No, I'm waiting for that feeling on that one shot so I can recreate it when I visualize. Mm -hmm. And that's what Lanny talks about. And that's where we kind of bring in this power of the emotion because we remember things that are really emotional. So let's say you had this amazing play and you're feeling great. You, you can feel how that feels to move smoothly, to hit yeah. all your targets. Yeah. Like it's not just what you're doing, how do you feel when you do that? Mm -hmm. So then re-visualize that feeling and you're gonna create that more. That's awesome. Yeah, I wish I wish we could get the chance one day. We've often talked about it. We've Christopher and I have listened to his videos, yeah. or his, his DVDs. You read his uh, book? He's, uh, read his book, yep. listened to the discs while we were driving to matches or whatever. Yeah. But I'm super envious that you've actually hung out. Reach out to him. Lanny's, Lanny's awesome. We can't afford Lanny. <laughs> he's like, Lanny's awesome. Like, well, and, and even 
you know, taking that visualization aspect because we do that a lot in, in shooting in terms of like, okay, how did I feel on that stage when I had a really good stage or what did that look like in terms of um, recreating that? And again, that applies to so many different aspects of life. Like if you feel like you had a really, really good day or like we had one of our sales staff who had a really good day the other day. And so I you know, spoke to her and I was like, so what were you feeling in that, in that moment? Like what were your emotions? How did you start the day? Like tr- what can you do to recreate those those expectations and those goals again uh, in such a way. So I think that that translates super well into really every single aspect of yep. life, like picking out the day that you feel your best on and then trying to analyze every single moment of that day so that you can recreate it. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's easier than you think. It's just, um, I like to say that your attitude and choosing happiness and being positive is actually a habit. It's not for a gifted few that were naturally born with this positivity. Um, it's you, something you know, everyone so can do. Are, so it's that's a something, that's a, that's a good statement because I've often heard people say that, that there's no such thing as a natural athlete. And I think I was talking to Justin about it one day. Can you take anybody and make them a good tennis player? What what what, what do you gift. say? What do you say? What what's good? World class winning. I top think in the world. I think there's a lot of things that you can teach, and I've seen a lot of players that you wouldn't think they're the most talented, but they have other strengths, and that's why I think it's a combination of a lot of things. You still have to be athletic. You still have to have good eye-hand coordination. Can you work to improve all those things? 100%. you got to have a good medley of all of them to really be at the top. And I'm not – and I think we all kind of innately know what we want to do through our life, like what our yeah. strengths are. And I'm, exactly. so it's, you know, for me to even say, like, I want to just be this – amazing mathematician it's not saying that i can't or can i actually kind of don't want to that's not where my joy and my passion mm-hmm. and my energy were um and it's a good thing because math is like the worst subject for me but my sister <laughs> like my sister is kind of opposite personality and that's her field that's where she had her passion and she went for it and she i mean she's got a phd from dartmouth she was working at stanford like she's taken it far um a funny story actually about comp- uh, competition so when we were younger I was this outdoorsy, played all different kinds of sports, and my parents made me t- play piano. They made me take piano lessons. So I started a couple weeks before my sister, who's two years younger than me. So I'm sitting there playing piano, and I'm just like, man, I could be outside like playing kickball. I could be climbing trees. I could be doing track and field, rollerblading, like whatever. So I'm learning piano lessons, whatever. And my sister starts a couple weeks later. And so then um, I was like, you know, mom and dad, I don't really, I don't really like piano. It's not me. And they're like, okay. I was like thinking about it. And I'm like, but I'm ahead of my sister in the lesson books. So I'm going to keep going because I'm ahead of her. Like I have to be better than her yeah, in everything. So I kept going for like another probably a few months, another year. And finally I sat my sister down. I had to have been like nine. <laughs> she was seven. I was like, Al, you can have this one thing. You, I'm giving you piano because I'm going to stop. <laughs> Anyways, my, my yes, that was and so I gave it to her. No, my sister is an amazing pian, a classically trained pianist. Like even if I would have kept going, I would have been in that league. Cool. But it awesome was yes, well. no, but it was just that was how I was even fr- when I was younger. Like That's I was just funny. super competitive. Well, I mean, there's a story of you playing uh, soccer with some some kids and you're picked second. Yeah, <laughs> like, what oh, happened yeah. in that situation? <laughs> we were oh wait, I forgot I told you that story. So we were in uh, grade school and this was in Minnesota still. So I was born in Minnesota, moved to Wisconsin, lived there for a little while, then moved to Florida. So when I was in Minnesota in grade school, um, we at recess, we always picked teams. And it was um, guys and girls could play. Everyone played. 
And I usually got picked first or I was a captain that did the picking. So anyways, one day I got picked second and I was pissed and I like huffed and puffed and I sat down and I didn't play. (laughs) And I was like, how could you pick Ben in front of me? He sucks. (laughs) Like, I didn't say that. I was really like shy kid, but I literally like sat down and refused to play until they all came up to me and was like, yeah, we probably should have picked you first. Will you just play? (laughs) And then recess was over. We had to go in. (laughs) <laughs> that's funny that's tell us what your normal day is like now when you not well like when you when you're playing when you wake up practice i mean okay so here at home when i'm in phoenix so i'm waking up at 6 30 every day so on my calendar if you looked at it right now 7 a.m to 8 a.m it says bethany's time and that time doesn't get moved um there's nothing gets in the way of this hour that's just something i do for me whether it be meditation journaling it has nothing to do with work nothing really to do with tennis unless i had an inspired thought that i want to write down in my journal um believe it or not i've coloring books i've sketched um it's really kind of like a creative outlet that i get to do whatever i want for that hour and um after that ooh. After that, we have, um, I know, we have an agenda meeting. So sounds very professional, but I got a lot of stuff going on in my life and it needs to be organized because if you're not organized with kind of these little off court things, it seeps into the rest of your day. So I like to get on top of that in the morning. Um, I have an amazing assistant that um, writes writes up some agendas uh, for me to keep me on track because here's how I like to approach my day. Each Uh, let's say I'm going into training, let's say I'm going into tennis practice, I'm fully there. I want to fully be vested. I want to have full focus on that because quality over quantity is how I live my life. I don't Mm -hmm. need to be out there two hours. I can be out there for 45 minutes, but I will be invested in every single shot that I hit and that's it. And so that's kind of how I viewed a lot of different areas of my life. And it's, it's helped me a lot. I feel like this quality over quantity can be applied, not just in sports. It can be applied anywhere. We all know this when we have things on the back of our mind or we're trying to juggle a couple things, sometimes nothing gets done. All right. So let's zone in the boom, boom, boom. This is what I had control of today. Next, here's what I'm going to get done. And it's helped me so much with my day. So after those two hours, um, I get ready and I go play tennis from 10 to 12 a.m. Um, if it's a little cold, like it has been here, holy shit. Um, then I'll wait till the afternoon and I'll train first instead. So I do about an hour and a half, 90 minutes of physical training, and then I'll do two hours of practicing. And then after that it's rehab recovery training. So it's not done. I, and when I say massages, you've been through some of my massages, um, that they just beat you up a little bit, but, um, you feel better when you walk out and I've done acupuncture, um, you, uh, any kind of treatment, ice baths, that's, that's followed by, I, I feel like in my thirties, my career is more about my recovery than it is even that on the court. So I like to spend a little bit more time off the court in my training, mm-hmm. physical recovery, mental mm-hmm. than I do actually tennis on the court. Mm-hmm. I think the as a whole, it puts everything together and it helps me play my best. And I mean, tennis, tennis is, goes from January to November. So I got to be ready to play week in yeah, and week a out. Long season. So this is just, yeah. And this is just my <clears throat> schedule when I'm at home and that's not, I mean, I like to be, you'll catch me on Instagram. Like I have do all other things around town plus have a normal relationship with someone and i think you know there's a time oh, he's normal it, justin's somewhat normal Someone. but i'll give i'll give him that because he's not here uh, <laughs> justin, he's bigger stronger and much more powerful than me so. he's a big baby you know it's kind of yeah. like the big dogs like well, you know i was gonna say thin. like ruger yeah, we and justin, brought up ruger, you know so. what they like they, they say that your your dogs are gonna look exactly like you i need to bring up when you guys are talking next i'll bring up a picture oh, if i can of, of ruger and justin identical and the, like literally the same, the same 
person dog. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, like the owners match the dog that is Justin and Ruger. Yeah, we got to get a side-by-side side, like, portrait of just them and then like, combine it. <laughs> yeah. Unless, yeah. Unless you guys think it's all about Justin and Ruger, she's just as fanatical. That dog, all 141 pounds of him, sleeps on their bed. I know. And travels with them sometimes. I know. Yeah, he goes, and, uh, he'll go over to the own. And, and I got to bring up, Indian I got to bring up one. In the well. So you got to understand, that, that night we play, and, I, and I've learned my lesson when I'm with you guys. I know where my place is. I just shut the hell up and it's time to shut up. And for that, for me, that's hard, as you all know. So so anyway, so Bethany played that day and I don't think you had a good match that day. And I so lost, yeah. She lost. And so we get in the truck and we're headed back to the house, uh, like a rental house that they had. And it's dead quiet. And I'm sitting in the... Actually, I think yeah, you were sitting in front. I sit this in was back, a while ago, and though. Just and I were talking. This was a long Because I've, I've shifted oh, my, yeah, yeah, my energy a little completely. bit. And... Uh, <laughs> We're, not, we're hardly saying anything because Bethany is like, just look for a reason to wrap a tennis racket around one of our heads, right? <laughs> so Justin and I are like dead quiet. We get to the house. We're up uploading all the gear and Bethany walks into the house. She walks in and she turns around. She, and Justin and I are like, well, we made it this far. We're still alive, you know? And next thing Bethany turns around, comes walking out. We're like, oh, shit. Well, let me tell you, that was the exact right word. Ruger there, their South African bootable, had had diarrhea all over the house he'd bust out of his crate poor guy needed to go and Beth, <laughs> it was i can't, I can't even tell the story anymore everywhere. literally everywhere. everywhere and i walked out and i was like you're cleaning your child's yeah. shit up and I'm, i think i slammed the door and went, like, you, took a shower to the bathroom, took a shower and just stayed there and they were justin and i we walked in we like we don't even know where to start you know? <laughs> we had to go buy a machine and start it was crazy but Poor old Ruger, you forgave him Our after baby. that. Our uh, baby, oh poor guy. It taught, it taught me a lot about uh, about make sure I don't travel with my do- <laughs> my client's dogs next time. And by the way, Ruger's dog that we'd also trained many years yes, ago. Yes, we had some good with. protection work That's with Ruger. How we met. Yep. And, uh, I remember when Bethany came for the first time for a lesson. I was so worried about her getting hurt in the lesson. And <laughs> we were just a puppy and too. And we were protection training, remember? Yeah. And I was like, I said to all my decoys and my staff, like, whatever you do, do not let her. I do not want to be a headline. Bethany Maddox Sands gets in injured at the golf training school you know? and and i had a, another story um uh, the golfer uh, tom layman yeah um so he's playing the phoenix open yeah. one day and he invites me to come over and watch golf with them and his family which i did and then afterwards we went to his home right we at his house and he says hey do you have your dog with you and i happen to have one of my protect was christopher's dog with me he says bring him in i want to show well there's i think it was was it Phil Mickelson? It was one of the other pro golfers. I can't remember. The, he says, go on, put a sleeve on him and let him take a bite. I'm like, <laughs> no. he's like, no, no, really, let's do that. No way. And, and they did. One, whoever it was, I can't remember, put it on and I was you, like. You did it? I was like, Damn. this is like the dumbest thing I've ever done in well, my just, life. Justin put a sleeve on. Justin did, He yeah. had a bone bruise for like a couple months. He, he didn't want to. tennis channel. Remember yes. we did that yeah. for tennis yeah. channel? Oh that gosh. was cool. I did, we not, did, I did a, not do that. We did it for talking about tennis channel that day. We did a shooting thing for them too. You've yep. actually been shooting with yes, us. Yes, I know. I've done a couple of targets yeah. and I was pretty good, yeah. right? Yeah. For never really and doing it. I keep it. hearing about you beating me one day in shooting, which will probably never I'm, happen. Listen, but. I'll throw that out there with some practice. I think I can I think I can do it. The funny part is that she probably could. So <laughs> we'll definitely we'll, we'll put that to the test. One day we'll bring all you guys out and and we'll actually get some shooting in and so forth. Um, so to, to kind of switch directions, um, so you've obviously, tennis has taken you to some amazing places in the world. So where's like one of the favorite places that you always love going back to? And then where's somewhere you still want to get going to? All right. So I've pretty much played every tournament there is to play on my calendar. I've missed a couple, but 
My f- two favorite places are Queenstown, New Zealand, which mm-hmm. I went there for the first time this year. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Really? Second place is probably Hong Kong. Really? Yep. Okay. Hong Kong. Love Hong I Kong. Get down there. I would have thought you had said food. Wimbledon. Food is amazing. Uh, fashion is unreal. Shopping's mm-hmm. amazing. It's such a cool culture to be immersed in. Uh, I really enjoy my time out there. I personally love vacation in Thailand, Malaysia. Mm-hmm. I recommend anyone to, if you can get some a good deal on flights going out there, go. You can live well, it's like so it. Cheap it's once so you're cheap, out there. and you can, and it's amazing food. The people yeah. are awesome. It's wow. you're in a tropical island. You can go island hopping. You can go scuba diving. Like it's really an amazing time you'll probably spend less there than going to disney world with the whole family not gonna lie to get down there and then once you're there you can literally live like a king yep and talk about fashion you you have this reputation of being like the fashionista of tennis yes people used to say the lady gaga of tennis i'm like what the hell's lady gaga (laughs) you you're the star but you also you're also doing your own uh fashion i am yes i'm glad you're keeping up with this so i'm making some bomber jackets right now it's only for the chicks but i'll i'll make you guys some too Unless you well, can, Christopher you can, likes wearing feminine clothing, yeah, so that's I'm, so you wear my you wear my bomber 100%. jacket. All right, done. And I no. oh, I don't know about the current one. Yet. No, you can. You'll love it. It's very Gu- Gucci it. inspired. I, I know, actually, I it is up your alley. I'm not gonna lie. Really? Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get you a medium. Christopher's show off those rip on the on the shooting circuit of like dressing this crazy clothing. And okay. I'm just like, I don't know him. He's 21 now. He's <laughs> you know what? I, but that's I also right that you're doing that. With I'm the, with the girls. So yeah, it's I'm, the creativity. Exactly. We appreciate being different, and unique. So that's that's kind of what my fashion brand is about. Uh, I think everyone knows I've always worn something funky on the court, and I'm a colorful personality. Like I like to say I would be this way even if I didn't play tennis. It's not yeah. because I play tennis that I'm like this. This is how I, I would be in design, fashion, interior design, things like that. Uh, outside of the court but um so i have my new line came out which it actually is just dropping in a couple days so i'm nice. getting ready for oh. indian wells so i have the new jacket out new skirt cool. i mean so it's lucky in love bms with lucky in love um we came out the first line was in australia for australian open we had a love yep. down under campaign now we have one for palm springs we'll have another one for miami and then we're gonna have uh ones coming out here and there for the rest of the year where is is there anywhere like people can buy this stuff yeah so you can go if you play tennis you know tenniswarehouse.com so you can always go there or you can go to lucky in love and you can find my stuff there it will be luckyinlove.com luckyinlove.com yeah definitely no follow them on instagram you can follow me on instagram i post about it all the time but uh, if you like colorful fashion and, and you like to be different i personally i i was inspired to do it just because i think tennis clothes get boring i feel like you watch tennis matches nike has the same thing on everybody and you don't know actually if both girls have a blonde ponytail like you don't know who's who (laughs) and i'm like if i know them and i don't know who's who on tv the fans definitely don't oh it's actually that's a big thing on sometimes when we're watching a game yeah sarah is not really that interested in tv but obviously if i'm watching tv at three in the morning (laughs) most of the time it's on my laptop nowadays you know watching one of the the streaming things yeah Yeah. and most times she sleeps but it's when i'm like yes and i'm like oh yes i'm not supposed to show emotion (laughs) and by the way if you think i'm kidding about that there was a match, man, I can't remember, was it Indian Wells? I was getting a little vocal. I was in the photographer pit and I was doing photographs. Oh, for, it was Indian for, Wells, yeah. It was Indian Wells. And, and she, Bethany won a point or whatever, won a game or whatever. And I was like, yes. And then one of the officials came over and warned me, said like, <laughs> as a photographer, you may not show emotion. I'm like, Dude, it was a great point. That's I'm, my buddy. I'm cheering like, for good tennis. And I was like, all right, all right, all right, I got it. I feel like tennis tennis just kind of gets a little bit of uh, bad rap for being kind of stiff and boring and preppy. And that's kind of 
what the energy I want to break yeah. up in this mode. Tennis is fast and fun. I mean, you've been there courtside. Yeah. How fast are these girls oh, and guys hit playing? You know, how you well serve. are they moving? How big no are they playing? Idea. And I think sometimes TV almost doesn't even do it justice. No, it and especially doesn't. if you're streaming online, I mean, you're you're really not getting the true grasp of what tennis is like live. And, um, you know, and that's kind of the energy I want to portray. I think yep. so many girls actually do have a personality. We just don't always get to see it. Um, you know, I'm pretty outgoing. Some of the girls yep. are shy. You know, English isn't their first language. Language, so maybe you don't know a lot about them, but I think it's kind of turning around. I think you're seeing more personalities come out. Mm -hmm. I think I think uh, the filming is getting better. I've even I've talked with ESPN about you know just getting different angles so we can see the spin that these guys are hitting with. Yep. I've, if you've watched tennis and you've ever watched one of Rafael Nadal's matches, it's one of the only times where the camera has to zoom out because he runs past where the camera lines are. Yep. And so I think it's once you go to a stadium court, you have to see how much court he is actually covering like yeah. he is everywhere and i think the game is just getting faster everyone's hitting bigger everyone's getting stronger so it's i mean to be a part of tennis and i like you said i've been playing tennis since i've been 14 the changes that i've seen through all the players like it's been an awesome evolution i would say and i think yeah. if you if you are like eh, tennis is boring you got to give it another shot I tennis know, it's, is it's tennis really is cool not, even like it's, i mean awesome. we talk about shooting all the time because shooting as a spectator sport is incredibly boring because it's very very full of arithmetic and and you know the shooters know what's going on and when you're actually shooting it's really fun because Sometimes. like you're you're able to kind of break down the situations yeah most of the shooters don't know what's going yeah, on but we joked really about that but and oh, I, i'm damn, sure i'm right. gonna take some heat for saying this oh. but there's a lot of people oh. that while they're shooting the competition you say to them so tell me what was your hit factor on that stage you're like what uh, i don't i don't work with math i'm like it's not math it's just a simple score you know that's the one thing about tennis that if I talk to a non-tennis person, they have a hard time understanding, you know, 15, 30, 40, et cetera, game. But is it something like, because, for example, if you asked me what my first serve percentage was, I wouldn't know. I'd probably know. Yeah, I know, but I wouldn't know. I think you're around 55, 58%. But then what's my win percentage off my first serve? Uh but it's not that. So it's not as It's like less super technical specific. than that. Yeah. Okay. I literally <laughs> just, like, I but I do watch literally just stuff. like where are you like in the match? And okay. then, yeah. Or like if you have a miss. So like, I'd be like, many... what court are you like, on? Right now? Kind of, I say Bethany won two and three and then she he's like, What? Okay. I'm like six two, six three, you know, yeah. like and then he's like, Oh, that's right, you know. Okay. Okay. I was just of... checking. Because there's some stats. Look, because tennis is a stat game. Yes, I get is. a lot of questions about, you know, do you keep track of your stats? How important are they to analyze after the match? There's a few that are like KPIs. It, honestly, like let's talk about first serve percentage. Everyone loves this one. Um, generally, I know if I'm making enough serves or not. I'll know in the match. Feel. I'll yeah. have a feel like, damn, I need to make a couple more first serves. Like she's kind of crushing me, or I'll be okay. Like, damn, okay, I'm winning a lot on my second serve. I could mix up a second serve as my first serve if yeah. I want to make it, but I feel pretty confident that she's not doing much to me on my second serve. By the way, so your I serving is much better lately. Thank I don't you. know what you've been doing. Seriously, I'm, 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 I got more of a rhythm yeah. going. I don't, I don't often give you tennis advice because <laughs> you like gingerly gave I, that to I'm me too. Gentle. Yeah, I put it on so like on TV, you're not gonna like beat me up, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, so it's about, for me, it's about being smooth. And sometimes when I wanted to hit hard serves, I, it would, I, I'll say hitchy. I was never super hitchy, but I just wanted to be smooth and consistent versus trying to go for my power serve all the time. Because I can hit a hard mm -hmm. serve really hard, but what makes that difficult is mixing in your spin serves. Yep. So a lot of times you'll see me hit a first serve that's over 100 miles an hour, but then you'll see me slide in a 75, 80 mile an hour slice out wide. And it's when your opponents have to face, or even when I have to face someone who can serve in all those ranges, it makes it difficult to get 
a good rhythm. Yeah. So whereas yeah. if someone's serving 110 at me all the time, eventually I'll probably start seeing that just because that's how yeah. we're trained. Once we see the same ball a couple times, most of the great players can make adjustments to that. So it's, it's really kind of you want to take some of these tennis stats and dig a little bit deeper because yeah. you could have someone that's making 90% first serves, but if they're, they're just dinking them in, the, but if they're getting yeah. killed, it does that stat means nothing. I remember nothing. you telling me that once, like it's not just about getting it in. You've got to make sure you get it in. you got to be doing something with it. Yeah. You know, I want to go back to the thing that you started as a 14 year old. And it, it, it's, to me, it's important because of my son, Christopher, parents and kids, kids that are tennis, sorry, kids that are athletes, sports people, any advice for parents out there of how to deal with that? Oh, because... man, I know. And listen, just being a youngster that did really well and felt some pressure as an athlete, um, you know, I had a great family support. And I think it's worth it to know that most of the time, all these parents are doing these things because they love their kid and they want mm -hmm. them to do their best. Even if it's they feel inadequate or what, you know, we can break down kind of the psychology behind what like tough parents do to their kids. And yeah. it, do it doesn't matter. Generally speaking, they all want their kids to be successful. They want them to have a better life than they did, more opportunities than they did. And so it's, I can accept it's all coming with love. But I think the biggest part is recognizing that your kid is more than their results. They're more than their sport. They're more than their grades. Like mm -hmm. at the, you know, if I look back, you know, to when I played some tournaments when I was an eight, nine, 10 years old, let's say I did really well, but I lost in the finals. What does Bethany want to talk about? Bethany probably just wants a blizzard at Dairy Queen. Yeah. Like there's nothing oh, more. We don't say Dairy Queen when we're talking <laughs> shooting, by the way. Oh, really? Why? Because it stands for DQ. Oh, damn. All right. Yeah, I didn't know this. That's like, that's like well, so what do we say? We just talk. We don't use the word Dairy Queen or DQ. <laughs> I didn't so. know this. All right, so we won't. So, we so shooting parents never say that. Oh man! Um, but I think that's really kind of the point I want to make because it's about encouraging your kids to find their own strengths. So many times we see, hey, this worked yeah. well for Sharapova. This worked well for Serena. This worked well for Bethany. So we got to follow that. And it's not. I think every, I want to see the kids that are out there because they love something about it. Mm -hmm. Some like to run all day. Some want to just hit winners. Some want to hit aces. Some want to hit drop shots and silly shots. And I think as a kid, you should kind of encourage all those intricacies because they'll ultimately find, you know, what they're passionate about. And, yeah. you know, no, again I'm not I'm speaking as the kid and I'm not speaking as a parent I don't have kids right now but I know it's a, a difficult subject because you know there's going to be times where your kid's not going to be the best somebody right. like there's only a couple of them that are going to yeah. be the greatest only someone's one person can be number gonna, one in the yeah. world I hate to break it to you yeah. competitions there's one winner yeah. like I think so many times we're emphasized on just what's the win of this tournament it's one person so yeah. we can't we're not talking about you know 99 other things or right. other wins along Along the way I think it's really important to kind of point out how many wins that your kids are getting yeah. in their matches point out something that they've done well ask them what they felt you know kids know I mean really I've talked to all these youngsters in these tennis camps and they know what they like they know they can feel pressure like they're we, we don't mm -hmm. give them enough credit for knowing certain things obviously there's technical cues that you want to give them um and i will say that some are coaches are better than others at doing this mm -hmm. but ultimately at when they're younger you want to cultivate this this passion this this competitiveness this curiosity i mean all the sports do is help you learn more about yourself 
anything that I've done in tennis, I can apply in life. Yeah. And that's really, if, you're, if your kid's going to be pro, if they're going to get a college scholarship out of it, like there's a lot of different wins. And you yeah. can get, even if that's, even if they stop in high school and they're just having fun, there's so much that you can get out of it that mm-hmm. you can then in turn do something else in your life. What, and, what's your thoughts about like participation trophies then? I, I, I'm participation trophies. Here, here's where I'm going to be clear on this. I think kids should be encouraged to participate. I think there should be, there's going to be a winner at the end of the day. Kids know they, they know who wins. They, uh, there was a study done where they let these kids, um, pick their own teams instead of the coach, tell them what positions they should play in a football team. And the kids, they're 10, 11, 12 year old kids, and they all said, Well, the kid with the best arm, he's going to be our quarterback. All right, this, bi- this bigger kid, we're going to put him here. Like, they, everybody kind of knows where they are. Like, just because you give a child a participation award after a loss, it has to be done in a certain way. You have to make points of why it's good that they're participating, not just that they won because they know they didn't. They like, we're not, somebody can win, but that doesn't have to be the only reason to celebrate. I think partition participation awards, although the, I, I understand the idea, it works backwards because we're, then we're just saying like, nobody can win. Or if there is a winner, it's bad. Like, yeah. yeah, but so if you win and I... it takes away the value from that winner. Yeah, well. but if you win and I lose, I can learn something about it. You can learn something about it. We move on. How about let's celebrate, like, different aspects of winning and losing. Mm-hmm. Like, too, then you get too many participation awards, and I just see people, when ultimately, when it does come down to it, there's got to be a winner and loser. Yeah you see people get nervous because they're not used to that pressure. Yeah, like for me, true. I've had to win or lose and deal with it and move on. Now, again, I'm going to point out that losing isn't a loss. Like we don't have to be like, you're the loser, you lost, you don't get anything. There's so much we can build up on mm-hmm. everyone. If you're making quarterfinals, if you lost first round, maybe in the next week you get second round, you still lost. It's yeah. okay. We like we lose in life. Like there's all these things. Right. Like that's a natural cycle. And I think the better, the more equipped we are to handle that and roll with it. It's really good it's, it's the it's the best way that as a human experience that we're, that we're gonna get everything that we want because yeah. we can't just stop everything if we lose or just cover our ears and and ign- ignore it. Like right. it's I, and that's that's where i come at it from because i because again the idea i understand the idea because you want everyone to be included but at the same time why it like it doesn't we're only putting the winners on a pedestal over here because we're just saying that's better it doesn't have to be that way there can be just as much celebrated in losses and in losing too well and even in life like there's so many winners you know yeah Yeah. different kinds there's different kinds of winners just because i win in tennis and you win in shoot like who's the better winner Right. Like there's no, I, and that this is coming from a competitive person. Because there's a part of me right now that says, yeah, if you beat me. Sure. Yeah, that, but that's fine. But I like the the, con, the competition. Yeah. That's that's okay. Like well, I get. I'm, that's down. That's it for me. After that, I've got nothing else. Hey, I know so, you already quit so, squash. Yeah, like quit squash. Like, you know, Damn, I don't want to further so, you. Oh, so dude. now I got to say, like those of you who who know me know I don't drink, but. Bethany walked in here tonight and she had a, a bottle with her. Am so I the first guest to bring it, alcohol? You definitely are the first guest to bring alcohol. <laughs> I've actually, this is the first time I've had alcohol in our office. You know, in my <laughs> Damn, office. all right. I, know. I, I like did, a lot I of firsts here. A bottle underneath it. Yeah, that's all right. right. So, so talk us through what, what this is and what are you kind of 
doing because this is a part of your life now. this is a part of my life so this is kimosabe mezcal um so if you haven't tried it you should total wine here in arizona um but it's going to be countrywide i think by june or july nice. so uh it is an agave drink so it's tequila so i'm going to give you a little lesson tequila can only be made from blue agave Okay. There's 42 varieties of agave, and mezcal can be made from any of them. So you know how champagne can only be from champagne? Similar yes. thing with tequila. Yep. So mezcal basically is tequila. Tequila is just only blue agave can be used. This one uses all 42 varieties. Generally, mezcal is a little bit smokier. So if you like a little smokiness to your drinks, is that how you like that's how I like. My okay, drinks. that's how you like your drinks. So that's that is what this. Um, well, you know that he's allergic to alcohol, right? Except tequila, he except said. Tequila. I can't drink tequila. Yeah. So, you, so basically, you're not allergic to agave. That scary, though. No, no, no. That's 100 percent agave. Oh, is that what it is? I'm thinking stuff like. <laughs> I'm not gonna kill I'm you here on this, TV. I'm gonna wrap this thing up. Once <laughs> 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 like Lane's gone. I guess I'm, I'm the, like, I'm the new I Lane. I still have to go to the gym after this. I'm not. I'm not. Jeez, guys, I'm only gonna give you a little bit. All right. And this is. I would do it with ice. Um, this is my drink of choice. Personally, I am a mezcal gal. You can, it's the same, similar to tequila. You can get Blanco, Reposado, Anejo, um, different aging processes. This is the Blanco. So this is the smokier one. How did you get I give involved with this? So, I mean, the, I know you've had a thing for fine liqueurs and wines. Yeah. And you showed up at my house a couple of times. Okay, we're going to drink this bottle of wine. And I'm like, holy, no, we're not going <laughs> to. Put in the put oh, in the safe she along with wine my... too, but we didn't have a bottle opener. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah, I know. I have the wine over here, but the mezcal is better. So no, this is these are friends of ours. So I'm um, I'm an ambassador. It's small, it's strong, right? It's strong. I yeah. know, I know. Just well, get, definitely, just get you can a definitely sick. smell the the, smoky, the smokiness yeah. of. Uh, so this one is the one that is not aged as much. When you get to the Reposado Zanejo, mm. it gets a little darker of a color. And it's a little bit less smoky, but um, no. So I'm an ambassador um, in with Kimosabe, and it was a big deal because actually it was kind of taboo for women to represent liquor companies. Really? Um, when I went, yeah, it, it was very. Uh, you look at you know George Clooney with his tequila company, well, and, or and Ryan Serena Reynolds Williams, with Jim. Serena Williams' husband, uh, Alex. Yes, Alex. He has, er, he has his own his own. Uh, I can't remember what it is. Is it a bourbon? Does he? he has his own Man, I need to, I need yeah, to talk yeah. to him about this. No, he um, so, but it was because even when I was first talking with Kimosabe and I talked to some of my mentors, that was a question they asked me. They're like, hey, you know, it's it can be taboo. There's not a lot of females represented in liquor. And I was like, what? We're not allowed to enjoy a cocktail and yeah. like enjoy it? So I made a stance. A They've won gold medals against nice. all different kinds of tequilas. So we, I like to say, it's kind of a gold medals. Yeah, We're keeping it in the family together. here. We put. They have a couple more. No, I, I know. I I know. You guys are are both gold medalists. So this is. Come on, Chris. You got to keep up. Quite the same thing. Kimo's got five gold medals. Layton's got one. One. I got one. Come I on. just have a silver. Oh, it's okay. Come on in. Come on in. This is good. This is the champions and winners here. Let's try this. Oh, we're doing the whole thing. Okay. That's really good. It's pretty smooth, right? <laughs> <laughs> I give you a pretty big shot. <laughs> and I'm over here like... You've got me to do a bunch of things in my, my life. First time I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad I can be that person in your life. So they, they, they this actually is, tastes really good. Though. This is what we celebrate with. I have like one of the little bottles in my ten, in my blister kit, believe it or not. So <laughs> when kit. I do win a tournament, it's getting pulled out. Right, so <laughs> are you... So, okay, that's an interesting question. Are you like, say you walk off the... Like you're, you're on the sidelines... 
and you take a little shooter shot, would that be <laughs> frowned upon? It probably would be frowned is it, upon is in there tennis. Is there rules that are that you can't drink? Um, obviously you cannot be you you can't there drink has to while have been you're someone playing. That's like come in hungover or like still a little tipsy. Um, no. Honestly, you don't see a ton of players that come play a professional match that are right. really like they can't make it through a match. I mean, I know some people's tolerances maybe are better than others. I don't know. <laughs> but for mo- for the most part, we're also used of keeping our bodies yeah. feeling yeah. great. And it's not that we don't when we have days off or when we have when we've won a championship, you see the champagne getting popped. So I, I'm ha- I'm glad to see that. Tennis players have a little bit of balance too, but for the most part, you know, we're all we all want to physically feel optimal because it's yep. it's that close of a competition right now right. on the tour. Like it's right. just the top fifty players, top hundred players. That, you know, there's upsets. You know, from the first day of tournaments that we've seen. So there's no really room for it. But again, maybe someone's just amazing. They have a great tolerance, and I don't know about it. It's, pounding it's not me. It's not me personally. Yeah. Um, this is just kind of a recovery day or. After wins, but right. um, but yeah, you got there's you gotta have now a little I balance. Understand the ice bath thing a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I haven't done this in unless I've won. Like after I've won a tournament, then I've had like champagne in the locker room. Generally, I skip the ice bath. Then well, like, I followed Man. a whole bunch of things you've done. I started doing acupuncture because of you. Okay. And I work out because of you. Good. Although you know, one day I worked when so I I'm helping Beth you live to hundred. Come work out with me, and I'm like, uh, you know, I'm not really that into workouts and everything. Well, when it worked out and after I did my warm up, she's like, okay, we're, I'm like, that's it for me. And she's like, no, we're just starting. <laughs> well, literally an hour or two hours later, I didn't probably forget time kind of just ran together at that point. <laughs> I literally crawled out of that place. So I've never forgotten that. I don't think I've ever been back. <laughs> I, I don't think you have. You got that. You got now scared. Now you've been drinking uh, uh, um, mezcal. Kimasabe. Kimo yep. And uh, there was something else that I just thought of now. I could, oh, and then the mindset thing. You've got to yeah. be like. Now when I hit a, when I shoot and I miss a target with a miss, I just like, well, I got a miss and I walk on. And I think of Bethany, like, what would Bethany do? So, okay, there we go. There we well, go. I'm going to be, I'm going to be writing a book soon. So I'll Nice, you, you are. Yeah. Oh, I'm, awesome. I'm currently is just like, taking my notes now. Is this exclusive oh my knowledge? Gosh. This first is, time This is exclusive out? knowledge. First time. <laughs> First time. Yeah. We're hearing a deal breaking. So, yes, I'm not news. putting a date on it because I want it to be a very personal and... three or four months from now. Yeah. First time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's something I kind of want That'd to awesome. write down everything. And I, that's one of the reasons why I journal in the morning too, just to kind of collect my thoughts and stories. And um, I wanted you'll, to you'll put it to all put together. You'll that, that time when you and Lucy yeah. won the, the finals. And you didn't realize what the score was. Oh yeah! And you turned around to look at her. Okay, what are we playing next? And she's jumping up and down. I, that's, and happened like, what, you know? that's happened a couple times. That's happened a couple times where I've like been so in the zone, and she's like, "No, that it's over." I'm like, no, "We're done. We're, we're done." Done. I have to look at the scoreboard. Like I've been so, and that's a good example. Like I was like point by point. I just it didn't even matter what that's the game score was, own, like uh, what teaching. the score was. I will say there's only a couple times where I thought I won earlier than I did. I haven't oh, really? made it super obvious, but I was like, "Oh no." Just, like, <laughs> We're, we're still oh, going. <laughs> yeah. To, uh, it was only like one fine. time. Um, luckily, I won that match still. So. That's cool. Well, listen, <laughs> I you. can't tell you how much I loved having you here. Yeah, of we course. We can literally talk for hours. Yeah, I could. And we I have. Could. I mean, <laughs> we talked for like an hour and 15 minutes. It's our longest. You come over to our house, though, and we have like yeah. good discussions we have, sometimes. We have long talks, yes, we do. A little bit of tequila. Yes. Mezcal. You got to like mezcal. Yeah, yeah. So last week, we had another guest on named Juan Acosta, and he asked a question. 
um, that we'll kind of I'll turn to you guys and we can all answer today. So if the world were to tune in and watch you speak for 30 seconds, <sighs> I saw this question you when you sent it to me. 30 seconds. That's why I'm writing a book. 30, 30 seconds. seconds. Yeah, it's too much. You got to like come down with like is learn to listen to your emotions. It's your internal GPS system guiding you through life. That was less than 30. I'm pumped. I got, I got nothing. You can't follow. You, I'm going to go with that. Oh, man. Uh, man I can do I'll take your... I'll that. bully you. I'll take gonna, your 30 I'm seconds. Gonna, how can I beat, you know? I mean, I can't I, I that. think, like, the biggest thing that I would try to point out is, and then I've said this before, is that if you align yourself with a higher purpose and then just matching your work ethic to that higher purpose, then everything else falls into place. You know, I, I've got something I'll, I'll use, which I use all the time when I'm shooting. And those of you who shoot with me know, because I talk about this all the time, that I never consider myself out of a game anymore. I, I basically look at it like this matter what I've done badly, mistake I've made. I had it happen in Florida last week where I had one of my best major results where I did a reload in the middle of a stage that I shouldn't have done. And I literally, as I'm doing the reload, I'm like, oh, well, there goes one and a half seconds that I shouldn't have given up. But I stayed on it and I shot all alphas after that on very difficult targets. And it's that, it's that mindset that we talk about. So I'll go with that. But see, but see, the only difference there is you thought differently. You had a different yeah. thought. You could yeah. have reacted. before I would have been pissed. Yeah. Been like, what the fuck, dude? You can't. Sorry, with this, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, with, program, this, with the same <laughs> situation, like, you would have yeah. been pissed. So all, yeah. the only difference was you chose what to think. Yep. And that's, and, and like, that's that's what legit. I would leave people with. We have so much power in our thoughts. And I think once you realize how powerful negative thoughts are, you'll eventually not think them. And it, it will be so yeah. set in you that you're just like, it's not even worth it. It's actually not worth it for what I want to do in my life and what I want to feel. And once you get it. to that point, it's easy. I'm telling you. I know you said it was hard. I'm know, harping on you. But it gets easy. Well, it's okay. much easier having this conversation with you at 6 or 7 o'clock in the evening than at 3 in the morning. We should have <laughs> started with the together. I know. Man. So, okay. So, what is your question that you have the opportunity to ask oh, the question? Jesus, I don't know. Question, you know. question no, of the day. I have a good question of the day. The question of the day is, Think of everything that you've put your time, money, energy in, whatever. What brings you the most passion in your day? Hmm. That's a good question. What, what, give, what, and I'm not talking about what makes you the most money. I'm not talking about what your friends like the most. I'm talking about what actually gives you the most passion and that feeling of like, I am pumped. I'm energized. I love life. What gives you that feeling? I think, yeah. I think I'm going to go. Wait, wait, don't uh, answer. That's we're next gonna, week's question. We're going to tune in next week. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought it was a good we'll question. We'll answer that next week. I got and, a great answer, too. Like, yeah, at the no, you can't. I'm going to have to tune in next week so I know. next week, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Big thank you to Bethany, oh, to Matt, and Sam. Cheers. Uh, thank thank you, you for joining us today. We're definitely honored. You guys can follow her at Maddox Sands, M-A-T-T-E-K, S-A-N-D-S. On Instagram and other social medias, and, Facebook, and also Twitter, tennis and everywhere. Channel. Yep, she's tuned in on tennis on channel. Tennis channels, mm -hmm. awesome to watch. ESPN, and it's so funny because I gotta be careful how I say this, but Bethany would always, you know, people talk about this on tennis, on uh, you know, the commentators, and then I go back to Bethany or Justin and say, hey, so this commentator said this, and Bethany would be like, that's not what the player's thinking. And I was like, <laughs> one of these days it's gonna be her sitting in that at that desk. <laughs> Now it is her sitting at the desk, yep. and I hear that, and now we're getting legit what the players actually think, yeah. not what somebody's making up. And, and I'm not talking about like like most of the tennis channel people are former players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The former I mean, players are uh, good, and uh, everyone has a different, different angle. He's to, hilarious. He's as funny as. Heck. I told him at ESPN, I was like, John, Johnny, you and I got to get in the box. We'll have like an entertaining match. Give Man, us an entertaining that, match. That would actually I'll go be more fun than the match. I'll go toe to toe with John McEnroe. He's a he's a blast. I yeah. I'm entertained. 
I mean, he is the ultimate, like, I'm going to say what I want yeah, to say. Yeah, I like I it. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, really, that's how he's made his money. Yep. Okay. Yep. So was he really for real when he was, like, having all those temper tantrums on the court? Or was that just playing? No, I think he, money? yeah, no, he, he was. I mean, whether he was able to kind of use it to focus to get himself back in the match. Yeah, yeah I'm sure he figured out how to do that because not everyone can throw a tantrum and then play well. I mean, yeah. that's that's the key. He was able at some point to kind of collect himself and to win some matches like back. that. So, Crazy. you know, that there's an example of he found what worked within his personality. You know, whether he yeah. got fined or not, I guess yeah. he didn't care about that. But you ever been fined? Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Beth, thanks very much. Of course. It Thank was you. awesome having you on. Yes. And, thanks, uh, guys. We'll see you guys next week, 6 o'clock, Mount Standard Time. Wednesday. Um, Wednesday. Yep. What did I say? Did I say no, Wednesday next say week? Wednesday. And we're going to be talking about bloat. Bloat's very important to dogs. Very important that you understand this. Uh, understand the concept of bloat. We've dealt with bloat for 20 years. I've, I've taught many people about it and I've had a number of those people come back and successfully save the dog's life successfully. <laughs> I'm slurring, slurring my words. That's no, dude, that was what? That, uh, you literally anyway, had a quarter. Successfully <laughs> saved the dog's life. It's a serious subject. We're going to talk about it in depth next week. Make sure you tune in 6 o'clock Mount Standard Time. Thanks for focusing on us and good night.